Well, God is good. You ready for some word today? If you brought your Bible, your your uh, Bible apps, whatever you use, go with me to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four. We've been reading this scripture for a while now, as it is not uncommon for me to take this approach where I read the same verse each week during a series. Helps it to get established on on the inside of us. Proverbs chapter 4. And uh, let's read verse 23. Once again, Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The NIV reads, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And then the New Living Translation, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so based upon this principle, we can we have wisdom into an insight into the makeup of God's highest creation, human beings, uh, and how we, we operate, how we function, and how... Uh, our life is not just a matter of what happens to us, but it is about what happens in us. Because what what is in us will eventually dictate what our experience and what our surroundings are. Amen. We we are more like the uh, the the thermostat as opposed to um, the thermometer. Right. In other words, we set by adjusting our own heart. We set the temperature of our life. Okay, because the, the, the power, the, the air conditioning, the heating is regulated by what we put in, by what we do inside. All right. And I don't want to be just the, per, the person who's quick to tell you what's wrong and what's right. And, and you, know what I, you know what I mean by that? We're, we're, we're just the thermometer and we can tell you, we can describe what's happening. I'd rather be in, a, in the control seat. Huh? And that's, of course, in submission to the Lord, but I want to be the one who can change circumstances in, in regards to my own life and then, and then help others to do the same. And we do this by guarding our hearts, okay? Last week, uh, we were talking and I was, I was teaching about how, how God sees everything. You remember that? God sees everything. There is nothing absolutely nothing hidden from his sight and if we live with that consciousness it will impact how we conduct ourselves it'll cause us to trust him it'll it'll stir us up to live for him um, we should put a higher value on knowing that God knows what we're doing rather than people it's not uncommon for for individuals to uh, to want other people, family members, friends, or, you know, spiritual people in their life to, to know that, hey, hey, I, I went to church today. You know, they want others to, to know that and pat them on the back and, yeah, you're awesome. You went to church. You know, I, I prayed today. I read my Bible. I, I did something today. And it's not uncommon for people to want others who they know think that's important to know that. Uh, and I'm not saying always the wrong motive is involved in someone letting someone know, but sometimes it is. But here's what will help us. Let's be conscious of and aware that God knows. He knows you're here today. He knows what's going on on the inside of you. 
He know he hears your thoughts. He hears your prayer. He knows the motive and the reason for you doing what you're doing. When you say, spend time with him in that secret place, he's there. And he's present to hear and to move and to respond to your your requests. That's what matters. That you know that he knows. And he knows. But you need to know that he knows. It's not so important that everyone else knows. If they know, big whoop de do. Huh? I mean, ultimately, we don't stand before their judgment seat. He knows. That's what matters. Praise the Lord. You know, Jesus taught over in the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, and it's in other places as well. But he taught people this principle in regards to how someone would, would, would pray, how someone would fast, uh, how someone would give to the poor. You remember, he, he gave instructions regarding that. He said, whatever you do these things, he said, I want you to do it secretly. He said, when you pray, go into the inner room. Don't do it out on the street where everyone can see it. He said, go into the inner room. He said, when you, when you, when you give to the poor, he said, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Remember that? He said, when you fast, you know, don't walk around like you look like you're starving. He said, fix yourself up like you normally would. Don't tell people. I mean, if someone knows, that's, that's not the issue. But if you do it so that they'll know, that is an issue. Huh? If I'm praying because someone else expects me to, that's a problem. He said, do these things in secret. And, uh, well, obviously not secret from him. He said, when you will do it that way, when you'll live your life from that vantage point, he said, the Father will reward you where everyone can see it. You don't need to tell them what you're doing. They'll see it in you. They'll see that something's working in your life. They'll see God's blessings in your life. He's going to give you rewards, and they're not going to be hidden. They're not going to be secret. Hallelujah. You know, we could turn that around, couldn't we? And we could say, well, if there are not open rewards in a person's life, then the math kind of says they're not doing business in that secret place. Hallelujah. Well, didn't like that one so much, but... Give you something to think about. You know, the Apostle Paul taught us that about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that all of our work one day will become clear. The day will declare it. It'll be revealed by fire. So there's a time coming when everything will be totally blown open wide and everything will be clear. All right. So, watch, knowing that, that's kind of helpful. Because why hide something that's going to be made clear? Everything's going to be laid open. Yeah. So, well, there's some things I really don't want opened up. Well, you can be forgiven of them, then they're gone forever. I mean, even God doesn't remember them then. Yeah. He will not remember your sins anymore. So we do business with God and stuff really does go away. But the problem is when we don't do business with God. And we just kind of hide it. Now it's all going to become open. You know, one of the areas that I, uh, my way of describing this, this heart condition, and the Lord really put this on my heart to to share with you along these lines today. I, I would call it this, I would describe it this way, it's called a clear heart. 
It's called being clear inside. Um, God knows. We've established that. God knows what's going on. He knows what's in your heart. You know, you know the other person that knows? <laughs> is you do. You know what's in you. God knows what's in me. And I know what's in me. Others may, they may not. They may get it wrong. They may misjudge all kinds of stuff. But God knows. And I know. And I should place a high value in my life on being right with God. When I say being right with God, in here, everything's clear. Everything's good. I need to value that above other people approving of me, thinking I'm doing a great job, or disapproving, thinking I'm doing a lousy job. I need to highly value this relationship with God right in here. He knows where I stand, and I know where I stand. There are some that get in a ditch when you talk about this, and and we want to avoid that. I imagine some kind of go there even when I talk about this. There's a, there's a ditch, there's a wrong belief system. It goes like this, that God is pretty much ticked off at me most of the time. He's an angry God. He's upset with me. And, uh, you know, what that is, is basically living with a sin consciousness. That's a, that's a ditch. And I'm not encouraging you to go there. Hey, let's all dig up some memories and some bad thoughts because God knows them and he's ticked off at you. Okay, that's a ditch that people get into, into that living in condemnation and sin consciousness. Jesus came to remove that sin consciousness from us so we can live in his, his grace. Okay, but what I'm talking about when, when, we, when we reference these issues is the person who does walk in the forgiveness of sins. They do live in the love of the Father. They know the Father loves them. But what they do is they often violate what the Father puts in them to do. And they don't live clear. They don't live with uh, everything taken care of and dealt with that needs to be dealt with. So it's like they walk around with clutter. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever walked into your own garage? <laughs> and it kind of like, uh, made you squirm. It's like the clutter there felt like it weighed on you. <laughs> but when everything, you know, when you did your spring cleaning or something and you cleaned it all out and got rid of the stuff you didn't need and, and, and you know, and put everything in the right and proper place and you walked in there and then later you just walked in there again just to look at it. It's like, hey, where'd so-and-so go? They're in the garage again. <laughs> what are they doing in the garage? They just, it's just nice. There's something good, something that makes you feel good about when everything's clear. Everything's clean. Everything's taken care of. There's not a bunch of things left in life that are unfinished. All right? And, and I want to have my relationship with God that way. Okay? I want to leave a bunch of stuff that's incomplete. Uh, I like the way... Let, let, me, let me read a couple verses to you. Uh, the Apostle Paul said these things. One of them is Acts twenty four sixteen. It reads, This being so, I myself... Everybody say, I myself. So he, he, why, why, why I myself? Because God knows, but He knows. God knows, but I know. 
I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. So this was priority to Paul. He said, I'm not going to live my life where I have a bunch of stuff in me, a bunch of stuff that's bugging my conscience that's left undone. There's nothing between me and God that's an issue. There's nothing between me and people. You know what I'm talking about? Between people and I. People and me. Sorry. I'll get it right. But too many times individuals will live that way. There's just a bunch of stuff. They got relationships scattered that there are things in those relationships that they haven't done business with. They haven't dealt with. It's left unfinished. There are things in their relationship with God. He dealt with them sometimes years in the past to go a certain way, to do a certain thing. And they, for whatever reason, did not deal with that. And so it's unfinished in their life. Paul said, I don't want to live that way. Anything between me and God, anything between people and me. He said, I, I, I keep that all clear. I keep that void of any offense. And another one, he said something similar. It's Romans 9 verse 1. Romans 9 1. He, he said, I tell you the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm telling, I'm telling the truth, and inside, I know that it is. I have a witness inside. What I'm sharing you is what I'm supposed to share with you. What I'm telling you, it's totally correct, it's totally right, and I'm not leaving anything out. I'm sharing with you, I'm, de- I'm dealing with everything that I'm supposed to do concerning this truth. So he would not violate what was in his heart. This silencing of the heart can be very dangerous. If I conduct myself where I keep pushing stuff down, throwing stuff in the corner, putting it under the, you know, just kicking it under the rug, putting it under the bed, you know, just putting stuff everywhere and not dealing with things and not putting stuff away and not doing the proper thing with it, over time, I'm messed up. I am. And then when, when you know, when God wants to move me and do something in my life and speak to me, there's just a whole bunch of stuff he's got to get through. There's all kinds of clutter. There's all kinds of unfinished business. And it's difficult. It's difficult to live bold. You'd li- Listen, we don't live bold when we feel bad. We feel guilty or feel burdened. You're, you're timid when you're that way. Huh? And so dealing with stuff enables us to live confident and bold when problems surface. We look at straight in the face and speak the word of God in the name of Jesus. And there's no question about what's going to happen here. Everybody okay so far? Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans, the 12th chapter. Notice with me over here in in this second verse, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it reads this way, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
I mean, a lot of times people are trying to prove God. A lot of times people are trying to prove the will of God. They say, well, I've got these scriptures to prove it. I've got these verses to prove what God's doing. Well, this verse didn't say that God's word proves his will. He says that you do. You prove his will. What's the evidence of God in the earth today? You are. Where, where's the proof? You know, uh, you know, like the old saying, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Right? Where is the proof of God's grace and power and love and, 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 and his work? It's you. It's me. When, when I think like him. When I have received his thoughts and I have let my mind be conformed unto his way of thinking, his way of doing things, then what happens as a result of that is I live out and manifest the very will and power of God. The grace of God is showing all through my life. And then where's the evidence of God's will? Where's the evidence of God working in God's plan? It's right here. Because God did it in me. And God's doing it in me. And God's working through me. And God's working through you. When you think like Him. Huh? And so, it's, it's so important for us to uh, have God's thoughts. To have, uh, again, we go back to having things clear. I'm not leaving stuff out. I'm not leaving things undone. There is a temptation uh, to get out beyond what God is doing. Sometimes we rationalize about what is good, and in the process, we miss God. We come up with things in our heads, and that's a good idea, that sure makes sense. But how many know God is not limited in His will and His plan to what we can figure out? And sometimes His will and His plan and what He wants to do will go beyond your mentality. (laughs) Thank God He's bigger than that. We'll go beyond what we are able to rationalize and, and, and figure out. I know when I first had it in my heart to pastor, I had been in ministry for a decade, full-time ministry for a decade, but the Lord put it on my heart to pastor. In fact, if I go back far enough, I had it all the way when I was in, in, in Bible school, uh, that, that would, I had that in my heart that I would do that. Uh, but tell me now you can get ahead of God. And uh, so I was endeavoring to follow out what was in my heart, but it was like there, but you had to get direction. You had to get further further insight. And I, at one point, I was looking at go, going back to California and uh, and starting a, ch- a church in Southern California. I mean, there's a beach there. That makes sense. I mean, you can't say that's not of God. <laughs> you know, and we lack that. Uh but I'd get, I'd get to doing that. I'd get to I'd get to thinking about that way and and you know walk towards it and take steps, and in right in the in, in my innermost being, it's like mm, mm, nope, mm, nope, can't do that. I had to keep a clear heart before God, and as I would take steps that direction, I couldn't. I couldn't. It wouldn't be clear. It just wasn't. It wasn't clear. And then as we started taking steps this direction and looking at Boise hmm and it's clear hmm and it's good I can do that and there's not going to be any issues here there's not going to be any violating of anything you get going the wrong direction you're going to violate something if you're, if you're walking with God you'll know you're violating something inside and you can't override that because over time it, it, it can really cost you 
But I could go in a different direction. But if I just would have followed my first thoughts and what made sense to me, it was logical. And if I would have, if I would have done that, I would have had to override what was in me. I couldn't have kept a clear heart. People oftentimes make decisions before getting clear. Now, if you've ever flown on an airplane or understand how, uh, how the, the, the system works, um, you'll know that airplanes, uh, very often, if they're flying from a, you know, like Boise, a, a controlled airport, they, they have to have clearance in order to do things. You know, you have to get clearance to taxi and then clearance to take off. And then clearance to, you know, do all kinds of stuff. You can't even fly into certain airspace. If you were in a, like a, a, what's called class B airspace, you can't even go into the airspace without having been cleared to do so. And uh, what happens if you do so without getting, what, you do one of these things without getting clearance? It's dangerous. It's not only a violation, you get in trouble, but it's also dangerous because there's other planes out there. There's a lot of other activity, and you could end up causing serious damage, death. You could, you could, there could be a lot of trouble there. Uh, and so what do you do? Well, you rely on, not, not, you rely on the system, you rely on the rules that govern it, but you rely on a person that's sitting in a tower, some people that are sitting in a tower, and they can see the whole airport. They can see where everybody's going. They've got all the, the information right before them, and they're talking to everybody. Okay. Likewise, it is in decisions that we make. There is someone, thank you, Lord, who's sitting in the tower, huh? A little bit higher. But he sees everything. He knows what's coming. He knows what's happening over here, and he knows what he's telling other people to do. And if we, have, if we ignore that direction, and we start making major decisions in our lives without getting clearance... We're going to end up running into something. Everybody okay? Sometimes it might seem like a good idea. And from our vantage point, you know, we're sitting in the airplane. Looks good to me. Everything looks clear. But you don't see everything that there is to see. And there's a time, and it's always, when we should rely upon the Lord. It's a good idea to follow instructions. Are you cleared? Uh, that's not just an automatic yes answer. Because there's some things that you have in your head that you have planned. You're not cleared for. Don't just say, well, yeah, I'm cleared. Are you? Are you good to go? You ready? You cleared to do that? Because if not, sit there on the runway for a while. <laughs> and wait. And wait for direction. And wait, for, wait until things get clear. Amen. If God has promised you something, trust Him to bring it to pass. You know, uh, if you read back in, in Genesis, we read about a guy named Abram. Later, cha- his name was changed to Abraham. And some of you know his, his, his account, how, how God dealt with him that he would be the father of many nations. He was an old guy. Okay, I think he was 85-ish, 86, something like that. Uh, and God spoke to him, and his wife was old, she was barren, but God said, no, you're gonna have, you guys are going to have a kid, and not only that, you're going to be the father of many nations, okay, and uh, 
and it didn't happen right away. It didn't happen in the time frame he thought it would happen. It's like, hey, we're going to have a kid. What are you doing right now, honey? Uh, let's go make this happen. But it, it didn't happen right away. And she, you know what he did? Abram and Sarah, Sarah, Sarai, his wife, what, what did they do? They got together and figured out a way to make it happen. You know what that way was? Hagar. She was, she was their maid. She was their servant. And said, Abraham, why don't you just hook up with Hagar? And uh, God can give us a child, because you'll still be the father. Give us a child through Hagar. And they, they did. And they, they had a child named Ishmael. Right? Was that God's plan? No. No, he already gave him his word. He already told them what was going to happen. They should have just locked down and said, I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to add my plan to God's plan. Or I'm not going to try to expedite God's plan by trying to figure this out on my own and make it happen. Well, we can say it in the flesh. But they did. That caused a whole lot of problems. They've been battling to this day. And eventually, of course, they did have the promised child, which was Isaac. And, uh, and God made him the father of many nations. Uh, Paul commented on those things in, in Galatians chapter 4. And he, he talked about it this way. He said, there was one person who was born of the bondwoman. And they were, they were born, this person was born according to the flesh. And the other was of the free woman born of promise. Born through promise. And we could ask ourselves the question, we run into situations, are, are we receiving the promise or are we trying to make it happen in the flesh? I'm telling you, you'll violate what's in your heart when you start trying to do it your own way. If you have a word from God, and how many know that's one of the most important things you could ever do in life, is get a word from God. You've got to know something that God wants you to do. You've got to know something that God is saying. Some kind of word from heaven needs to be revealed to your heart. And it would be worth praying all your life until you hear that. Because one word will change everything. You have a promise from God. You have a promise from God. You can try to make it happen in the flesh. Or you can be the person who relies on the promise. What's in your heart? What's in your heart to do? What? You know, when we were getting ready, uh, our church was still operating in that, our old building, and we were looking to expand and, and, uh, and do some different things. Uh, one, of my, one of the individuals on our team was urging me to look at a particular building. And so I did. We went and we looked at this building and and uh, he was explaining, oh, this could be great. This could be awesome. We could do this here. We could do this here. And, uh, and he wasn't doing anything wrong by doing that. As I stood in that building, though, looking out the window on the inside, just going, blah. You know what I mean? I'm going, mm. These words came to me. Because they had been, it was a word from God that I had a few years before. And it was this, do all that's in your heart, for I am with you. And I immediately stopped and said, this is not in my heart. This is not in my heart to do. The Lord said I could do whatever is in my heart and he would bless it. He would be with me. This is not in my heart. So I told the guys, I said, told the guys, I said, this is not it. 
we're not doing this. And we waited and did some other things and, you know, ended up here. Praise the, praise the Lord. And, uh, uh, but, but what's, what's, in, what's in your heart? Have you ever noticed that God will often talk to you about things that are off into the future? Sometimes you're praying, Lord, direct me. Lord, I need your wisdom. Lord, speak to me. I need to know what to do. And he'll give you something. And it's like way down the road. Huh? I remember we were, we were, we were in a meeting one time and, and, uh, and uh, a particular minister called us, uh, spoke to us by the Spirit of God and told us how, how God was going to bless us in three years. Financially. Said you're going to be doing this and you're going to have this in three years. So I'm thinking three years? How about today? In three years. And three years later, we were able to, we were able to build a house that we never could have afforded. God will talk to you. I don't know, sometimes it's not His time, sometimes we're not ready for it. Sometimes there's maybe other factors. But what God puts in your heart, you trust that. Three years is gonna come and go no matter whether, whether we, whatever happens. The time will pass. But, but, but I want to encourage you to, to pay attention when the Lord deals with you, you have something on your heart. Is it for now? Are you supposed to do it today? Because as I've experienced multiple times in different situations, I've had something burning in me. Man, this is this has got to be a gone thing. And it was later. One time it was 12 or 13 years later. Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's, it, it is sooner. But I don't want to get out ahead of God. I don't want to get out ahead of what He's doing inside of me. Because then, there's a problem here. Then I move forward, and I've got clutter. I've got issues, I've got things that are un- unfinished. Sometimes you get to a place in your, in your heart, in your life, where there, there are issues, there are things that you know you're supposed to do. And it's almost like you want to say, but I, I must do this. I must. I need to. I have to. Have you ever had that when uh, sometimes it can be just about prayer? You're just going along through your life, going along through your day. And it's like, I need to pray. What, what's wrong? I don't know. I just need to. I, I, I just have to. Well, why? You can't explain it to anyone. It's the Spirit of God moving on your heart. Remember one individual talking about that, how he was having, he was having a meal with someone. And he said, I've got to go. He said, God, I've got to go pray. And he went, he left that meal, went across the, across the street and, and where he was staying. And he said, I kneeled down. And as soon as he did, he was in heaven. That's cool. Just in case that might happen, I'll let you know that. And he had a pretty dramatic experience with God. But God will move on you. Don't ignore that. Whether it's to pray, whether it's to obey, whether it's to help someone, whether it's to give, whether it's whatever it is, whatever it is. We pay attention to those things because he's in the tower and he sees everything. And when he moves on you, you're cleared to go. Thank you, Lord. But you won't keep a clear heart if you don't act on what is in it. So how, how do I know when I'm clear? How do I know when everything's done? Well, for... Excuse the illustration, but 
<laughs> when you're going to the bathroom. How do you know when you're done? I got that, you know, years ago I was talking with a, a minister. I was just learning some things. I was talking to a minister about prayer. You know, and praying things out until it's done. You know, there's different kinds of prayer. There's some prayers that are real short. Believe I receive, done, amen, thank you, Lord, go on your way. There are other types of prayer, okay? And I was like, well, how do you know when you're done praying about that? And that's what he told me. <laughs> so how do you know when it's time to get off the pot? You're just done. There's nothing else there. And listen, I want you to, I want you to consider this from a spiritual standpoint. You are not a body. You are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And there are things that you will, they're just inside of you. And you pray it out, or you act on it, or you deal with it. And then it's just done. And now you can move on and go do other things. But you don't want to get up. Unless you're done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you got to take care of business. And there are some things we got to take care of business in with God concerning our lives, His direction, His plan. And when we do, we live perpetually clear, with a clear heart. There's nothing bugging us. No thing, nothing with people, nothing with God, nothing with His plan. Amen. Some things will be in there for a while. That's not really un a lack of clearness as I say it. Some things will be in you for a long time as far as visions and dreams and desires. Uh, they'll be in there and you'll live with them until the time when it's time to manifest. And God will bring it to pass. Amen.